Welcome, Minifiners. If this is your first time joining us, this is Alina Van Dyke, your podcast hostess. And Minifinies was created in order to just inspire people to love the Lord and love themselves and love others. And today I'm going to talk about religion. We're going to talk about the things that you have been taught by Christianity, by the American Christianity, or if you're somewhere else in the world, just religious system instead of the Word of God and what the Lord's heart is for you. This podcast, like myself, has gone through many, many seasons, ups and downs, uh, times that I was quiet and didn't post very many podcasts, Um, a season when, based on the advice of a close friend, everything was deleted, and this was reborn and rebirthed. And now there seems to be a message burning in the heart of the Lord to get the Minifinies podcast up and running again. And so I'm obediently, <laughs> uh, hesitantly um, ready to share with you the things that he's been speaking in the quiet place, the things that he's been saying behind closed doors and without a microphone, and now bring it into the public, bring it into your ears. So I want to start at the beginning. If you have not read my book, it is called Return to Love, Restoring the Heart of Christianity. You can find it on Amazon and Audible. Um, If you like listening to my voice, then that's probably the way to go. In the book, I mention a story of me when I was about 13 and how I, it's my mystical moment when I was a young girl and I was at a conference, the only time in my life that I had what I consider close enough to be like an open vision. And I know that's kind of freaky for some people. Um, It's not a normal thing for me. I am not mentally ill, but I, I saw Jesus on the cross in front of me and I saw him bloody. I saw him with a crown of thorns. I saw him nailed to a cross. And he said to me, I love you and I love the world and I died for you and I died for the world. And I want you to tell the world that I love them and that I died for them. And that is at the very foundation of what this podcast is about, is to make sure that if no one has told you, Jesus loves you and he died for you. That is the thing that matters most. Because those that believe in that have a transformational experience where the Lord is invited into your life and you receive him as your savior and everything from that point forward is in his hands. And whether you hit rock bottom someday and you ask him to come and help or right now in this moment as you hear that and you're like, either A, I really want a vision like that. (laughs) Uh, I want it personal. You know, some of us are longing for this like touch from heaven. If you're longing for that, then I want you to know that it's there and that the Lord really does love you and that Jesus is Lord and King of Kings And that he really does have everything in his hands, even when it doesn't look like it. Even when life is confusing, even when the world looks like it's going to hell, he has a plan and he has a plan for your life and he has a plan for the earth and for everything to be redeemed. 
And I have story after story after story after story of the Lord moving in my life, moving in my heart, moving in the lives of the people around me, watching miracles, watching all kinds of things happen. But I think there is one big enemy to the cause and case for Christ. And it's false religion. It's a religion that demands what the Pharisees demanded in the Bible. It's an adherence to the law in a way that misses the heart of the Father and the heart of obedience. Hosea 6.6 says, and this is the Lord speaking, I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And Jesus quotes that in the New Testament. And if you could, I mean, I think you should base your life on a billion different verses, but if there's one that I would love for you to chew on and meditate on, it's that one. To say, what does it truly mean that the Lord is saying, I want steadfast love to never give up, to be headstrong, to set your face like flint on love, to be steadfast is to be loyal, to be firm, to never give up. And that's the definition of love in 1 Corinthians. It never gives up. It always hopes, always preserves. So what does it look like if we enter a relationship with the Lord based on Hosea 6.6? If we walk into our relationship with him, then we're not doing things out of sacrifice. There's a verse in the New Testament where Jesus says to the Pharisees, you're tithing dill and mint and cumin, all these little things that you are being meticulous about and, and perfect about and trying to give exactly a 10% and you know trying to do things the right way, but you're missing the heart of it. And I don't really care about the dill and the mint and the cumin. What I really care about is your heart. And I don't have a tithe of your heart. I don't have a tithe of your time. I don't have a tithe of your listening ear when you're looking for counsel and wisdom and direction. You care about everybody else's voice, but you don't care about mine. And in the verse, he's not saying that. I'm making a point. In the verse, he actually says in Matthew 23 that you're tithing mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. It's so clear that he's asking them for a heart posture, to care about justice, to give mercy to others, to move in faithfulness and righteousness, in steadfastness, dare I say, in loyalty to him. In that second part of Hosea 6.6, 6, when he says that he's desiring the knowledge of God rather than burnt sacrifices— in the Old Testament, you would go and you would sacrifice a lamb or an ox. You had these different things, a bird, and you would sacrifice them in order to pay for sin or pay for, like, make an offering and an atonement for something that you've done wrong or to make things right. But the Lord is saying, I don't, I don't care about that as much as I care about your heart posture. If you come to me in wholeheartedness and repentance and you say, Lord, I... I don't know what I'm doing, I need help, or this thing is stronger than me, this thing that's holding me 
in bondage to sin, to falling back to anger, to fear. I can't control my anxiety or I keep leaning on alcohol or drugs or something and like nothing is satisfying me. I'm looking for a life that's fulfilling, but I just keep turning to these things that are not satisfying me. That's what he's saying is like, come to me, you who are weary, you who have this heavy burden that you keep carrying and let me give you rest. Let me guide you. Let me be your wise counsel. Let me set you free. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come to me and I'll trade that thing that you're dependent on or that fear or that anger And I'll give you something better. I'll give you living water. I'll give you something that satisfies. I'll give you true joy deep on the inside. And don't get me wrong, that's scary sometimes. It's intimidating, maybe is a better word, to come to the Holy of Holies and say, I am broken, but I have heard that you can make me new. And there's story after story in the New Testament of people coming to Jesus and him saying, what can I do for you? Or there's even the woman that goes and touches his garment, doesn't ask him permission, but believes in faith that if she just touches him, that he'll heal her. And he says, who who touched me? Because he felt that power leave him and he knew that somebody had been healed. And that's, that's the true God that we worship, those who have accepted Jesus into their lives and claim to be Christian. And note this whole episode is supposed to be about religion. So I'm going to clarify that in a second. But if you believe that Jesus died for you, then salvation faith, quoting Bob Jones, he gets credit for this, is the craziest kind of faith. Like the biggest faith that you need is to believe that he saved you and that he died on the cross. Once you believe that, everything else should be easy. (laughs) And I don't know that I can even say that's true for myself. Sometimes life feels really big and scary and there's really intimidating things that happen. And you're like, do I have enough faith for this? I spent some time with some well-seasoned Christians almost in their 90s this week. And I asked them, what is childlike faith? And I was shocked by their answer because they said to me, it's trust. It's like the trust fall. You know, when you were at camp and as a little kid or something or playing with your siblings and you fell backwards and you trusted the person behind you to catch you so that you didn't hit the ground. They said that's childlike faith, to have this innocent trust, to know that you know that you know that the Lord will catch you. And what, what a life to live if we walked out in everyday life knowing That no matter our mistake, no matter what's happening, no matter what we need, the Lord will catch us. If we put ourselves in an impossible situation, the God of the impossible will meet us in that place and do a miracle. But we are so accustomed in America or in the modern world to provide for ourselves, to figure it out for ourselves, to prepare for the worst. And so we're not often in a dire enough situation where we say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need you. And we're not desperate enough for him 
in our hearts and our lives and our minds with all of our modern amenities and electricity. Like to think if you go back a hundred years and you think of like having to walk outside to the outhouse in the middle of the night, and maybe you live in somewhere in the world where you're still doing that, don't be wrong, but let's say you're doing that, then you're going to have the fear of a predator of a bear coming in the middle of the night while you walk to the outhouse in the dark, especially on the new moon when there's no light. There was a day-to-day experience with reality of the potential end of your life and asking God to be with you in every moment. And we're taking our lives in our own hands when we're driving down the interstate at 90 miles an hour, but we're not really aware of it in the same way that I think people were 100 years ago. And so all this brings me to my point, now that you're thinking about a ton of different things. The real question that I have for you today is whether or not you're dedicated to Jesus or you're dedicated to religion. Because there's so much tradition and there's so many things that you might do, like go to church on Sunday because you have been taught to do it, but you're doing it out of sacrifice and moaning and groaning to wake up at 8 a.m. and put on nice clothes in order to go to church on a Sunday morning versus the heartfelt experience of waking up every morning and going, Lord, you're in charge of my day. I want you to speak to me all day long. Will you come have breakfast with me? Will you come drink a cup of coffee with me? Will you read the word with me and speak to me while I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Corinthians, Genesis, Revelation, whatever, And would you breathe on me and in this situation that's tough with my family member or my friend or my business and invite him in? Because that is a loving relationship. If love is to be with someone, to spend time with them, and I really do think it is. Like you can't, you can Like, if you're being really picky, I totally understand that you guys could, like, write me letters and tell me I'm wrong. But for the most part, the best way to love someone is going to be in their presence. Not that you can't send them a gift from afar or send them money or send them whatever. Call them on the phone and love them and listen to them. But even that is being with them. Listening, asking, having a conversation, being in communion in community, with others, with God. That's what steadfast love is. Loyalty, walking through life with him day by day, minute by minute. And to get to know him, the knowledge of God, not just reading your Bible, but having this heart conversation, not a head conversation, not head knowledge of like being able to quote the scriptures, but this heart knowledge Somebody challenged me the other day that they were kind of saying like the way you're living your life, um, they, they just implied, I'm trying to be gentle, but they implied that the way I was living my life, God might not be pleased with. And I'm a pretty sensitive spirit, heart, whatever. So I walked away from that conversation, really having a sincere conversation with myself and the Lord of like, and a friend, I called a friend and I said, I'm, you know, I was challenged and I'm 
trying to decide if that was real and like, am I doing something wrong? And it made me question myself for a moment. And after I slept on it, woke up the next day, I realized I should have laughed when that person challenged me instead of taking it to heart because I know my bridegroom. I know my Lord. I spend time with him every day. And if I was doing something that displeased him, he would be the first one to tell me because I spend enough time listening to him to know him and know what it is that he desires for my life and for my walk. And it may look unusual to someone else that isn't being told to walk in that direction, but everybody is called to a different path. There's so many different churches and so many different interpretations of the Bible. And sometimes I think they're just sugarcoating things or they're messed up. But the reality is that God is good. And we talked about in the previous, that was a previous podcast of like, if God is good, he's good in every way and all good things come from him. So whether it's a church denomination or it's a conversation with a friend or a challenge, even like I had the other day, he turns it for his good. And he turns it to make us stronger and more confident and more loving and more connected to him if we let him. But we have to invite him into everything. And so I'm I'm presenting this gentle challenge, much gentler than what I experienced the other day, but this gentle challenge to you to say, would you pray the scripture? Search me, O God, and know my heart. And would you search your own heart, not your brain, not logic, not quoting scripture, not I've checked the boxes and I went to church on Sunday and I did whatever you think you should do according to religious law. But would you meditate on Hosea 6.6? And would you meditate on the concept that the Holy Spirit is your teacher and that is Jesus and the Father, and not the church, or the religious system, or the law. And that Jesus came to make all things new, and that he wants to do a new thing in your life. And so, don't just claim to be Christian by title. Don't just claim to know him, but actually seek him, and know him, and become transformed by the renewing of your mind and transformed from the inside out and transformed to be Christ-like so that when somebody challenges you like I was the other day, you can say confidently, even if it's 24 hours later, after your boat getting rocked a little bit, that you know him and that you hear him and that he's pleased with you. If there is no greater love than one who lays down his life for you, and he already did it, then I am confident, more more confident in this than I am in anything on the entire earth, that he loves you because he died for you. And that love 
my friend. Life is not worth living without knowing and tasting of that love. So if you have not tasted it, please just ask him. It's very, very simple. Just ask him. I want to know you. Teach me your ways. Be my teacher. Be my bridegroom. Be my friend. Whatever stage you're at. And if you're not sure, based on your experience in your life, or heck, if you were wounded by the church and you ran away from it because people suck, I, I totally get it. I really, really do. Then ask him to know the true Jesus, the Jesus of Nazareth who died on the cross for you, and not the fake Jesus that people have taught you, not the religious Jesus that demands, not the God sitting on clouds throwing lightning bolts at you, not the God who's angry, but the God who loves you and died for you. And may his love refresh and renew your soul, bring healing to your life, to your mind, to your body. May you be transformed from the inside out. I used to say in many podcasts to reach out to me, to tell me what you thought or something like that. And I, I just feel led in this one to say, reach out if you have questions. Reach out if you need prayer. If you need healing, if there's something that you want me and my friends, my team to pray about, pray for you please send me a prayer request. And I, I mean, find me anywhere. Call me, Facebook message me, whatever. But our ministry that we are launching and building and have been building for about a year, well, over a year now, is called Pray in the Desert. And so go to prayinthedesert.com and send us a prayer request. Tell us that you need a retreat with us, a transformation weekend, that you need a touch from the Lord, that you want us to pray for you, whatever it is. And I know that that takes guts and vulnerability and all these different things. But even if you want to be anonymous and you don't want to like fill everything out or whatever, I just want you to know that there are people that are accessible that Gosh, I have I have some of the best people on the planet. Like it's taken 36 years to find them, but I have found some of the best people on the earth. And I have found me some prayer warriors that love to sit in the quiet place and ask the Lord to just bridge the gap for other people. Because when you get to the point that you really, really know him and you can approach his throne boldly like he tells us to, we remember what it was like when we were afraid to approach his throne. And it is such a joy and a blessing to intercede for someone else and go, Lord, my friend Renee isn't coming to you right now and I'm going to come on her behalf. Or my friend, Dawn, 
is needing this thing and he doesn't have quite enough faith to believe in it, but I can believe for him because I've seen you do miracles. So will you do this for us? It's such a joy to partner and link arms with people and walk them through it and see what God will do in their lives. So just know that as much as it may feel vulnerable, you are blessing us by inviting us into your journey. So please don't hesitate to reach out. And then, as silly as this might sound, I can't help myself. Again, I, through many years of searching my heart and spending hours and hours and hours with the Lord, I've really come to know him as a bridegroom, as a friend, as the lover of my soul. And so I invite you to meet my best friend, to go spend time with him because he is the coolest, sweetest, most challenging thing that you will ever encounter, person, man that you will ever encounter. May you know that he loves you just as much as I've come to know that he loves me. So Minifiters, if this has fed your soul or if it's rocked the boat and you need prayer, either way, (laughs) I hope that you'll share it with a friend. I hope that you'll send me a message. You can find me at alinavandyke.com, minifities.com, prayinthedesert.com. And I hope that I will hear from you sooner. But if not, until next time, Minifiners, from the bottom of my soul, thank you so much for listening.